This show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Facehammer, and we are going to talk about the worst battle tome in Age of Sigmar. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so to contextualise this a little bit, um, over the weekend uh, I got together some guys and played some games of Warhammer and I proxied a Sons of Bearmer army uh, and had four games of it and um, basically tried out one of the lists that we talked about on the last show, uh, which you can check out on our channel where we go through the book and all the rules and all the abilities. So if you want to know what everything does, then check that video out. Um, yeah, I'll put it in the video here. So, yeah, awesome. And so, basically, the weekend's over. You know, our video went out. Thanks for everyone who checked that out. It's done really well for us. Thank so, you. really pleased with that engagement. Yeah, thank um, you. One of the things that I've seen online is there's quite a lot of negativity around the Sons of Bear Map battle tome, and um, specifically around the competitiveness for match play, which is what we tend to focus on. So talking about you know how viable they are as a tournament army and, and things like that and um i wanted to even if you're not match play though it's it's just you want to know that your army's going to have a chance on the table period yeah. right yeah it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a tournament it could be you and no but i mean a lot of the conversations are, garage. from a match play perspective and we talk from yeah, a match yeah, play yeah. perspective yeah. it does obviously it cascades down to garage gamers and club gamers because in the day you generally play match those sort of rule sets and points and those scenarios so it's the same sort of thing but i'm talking about the pitch battle sort of context of of the battle tone whether that's at a tournament or a garage it's it's irrelevant but um yeah so what i wanted to do really is just go through some of my findings from playing some games uh address some of the comments that have been said online uh particularly because um i myself um are going to do the army i've purchased the army uh which is was not a small undertaking um <laughs> <laughs> which is another subject that we could get into um, yeah, yeah but i think i just wanted to go through like some of the things that that is not apparently obvious when you read the battle tome to when you actually put stuff on a table and play some games basically so when it actually hits the the actual physical hit- Playing well, it hits the it, neoprene rather than yeah, yeah. <laughs> down on the battle mat, um, which is where yeah, yeah. a lot of people think you'll be crying um, for the next round to be over because you've just lost every game, which I don't think is true. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> and obviously, like I just want to say that you know we're not doing not saying this for any reason other than this is what we think. It's not a if I didn't think they were good, I would tell you, you know. And um, there are some caveats, there are some weaknesses, obviously. Uh, but I just wanted to go through that, and I thought would be quite good is to um, me and Byron had a bit of a chat on Saturday after the game in, and uh, come up with a a different list. We came up with an interesting list, yeah, properly. Yeah. A, like it's 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 there's one thing, and the list ends up quite different mm-hmm. for having it as an option. We think so, and I want to talk about that list um, and why I've gone into that direction, and then also I thought it'd be a good idea to go through the general's handbook scenarios and basically say, you know, these are the scenarios, 
um, well, how do I think they're gonna the army is gonna perform in those scenarios? And obviously that will be that'll be dictated a little bit by the list design, which I'll touch on. But I yeah. think that, and also I've done the same with the auxiliary objectives. So I've put my own personal ranking based on a very limited sort of experience. But I have yeah. played a few games of it, and obviously being part of the playtest, seen things around. So yeah, and I mean, also we use, like. Sorry, Brian, I didn't want to talk over you. It's also like when you do the rankings, it's about the, how you think the army will perform in the objective, like with regard, not re- regardless of what it's in front of. I mean, obviously yeah. these get skewed. If it's a combat army, if it's a shooting army, when it, like if someone's going to come matter. and fight you, you'll do better. If someone's going to shoot you, you're probably not going to do as yeah, good. If you're playing one job KO, caveat, none of this will matter, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right on the other end of the extreme examples, but you know, there's the, every army has some yeah. things that really don't work against it, and they might not be yeah. the best things in the game. They might just be um, papered to its rock or vice versa. Yeah, and I think that's important, and I, we will touch on the what, what, I will, what I think are the good and bad matches, uh, and I'll talk about the game. So um, I think probably get straight into it, um, so we're not waffling too much. Yeah, yeah, cool. but, but essentially... The list that I took was the breaker list, um, and that was the yeah. one that you can see on the screen now, which is the uh, Gatebreaker General with Louder Than Words, which is the plus two attacks on his uh, his portcullis attack. Uh, sorry, his, his, his flail. And then the Enchanted Portcullis yeah, yeah. to give him a six-up death save because uh, I figured the longer you stay around in the fight, the better. Um yeah, I took so another from middle ground there. You've not gone full defensive. You've not gone full offensive. No, so I I figured getting the extra attacks was important because it mitigates your hit rolls and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I also took the another gatebreaker for more damage because they I think they do the most damage out of the mega gargants. Um, I took a kraken eater purely for the um try the skills. Yeah, for dribbling the objective um around, yeah. and I took three man crushes. <laughs> Um, as a unit, uh, give me 50 points left over, which allows me to generally get a triumph in most cases. Which they yeah. wear pretty well as an army. Yeah. I mean, reroll to hits is amazing. I mean, they're all good. Reroll saves is particularly strong. Um, and, you know, even reroll to wound is particularly good. Um, now, with the breaker, you can pick a, um, a loathing, so it gives you plus one to hit. Um, and I took... Uh, the idiots wearing f- waving flags, so it's command models, yeah, which is okay. Um, but obviously, against like a big monster or a hero, it it does make a difference of what you're playing against. So I'm not sure it's the best one. I think there's, I think after playing more games, you would say, oh, actually, it's better to be better against heroes than it is against units because against units, you're generally going to do a lot of damage anyway. Would you pick um, the armor one for that reason? Yeah, but it doesn't work on heroes. It only works on units. Ah. So, okay, yeah. so then, but then, like, I think one of them only works on heroes, but not on monsters. So it's they're kind of limited. Yeah, so okay. I think the the command one is you get that more often, but the things you get it against maybe isn't the most useful. Um, yeah. But that's what I played anyway. So um, cool. went into game one. I'm gonna go through blow 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 everything that happened, but there's some interesting yeah. learning points. So I played, uh, obviously the people playing never played against Sons of Bear Map, so there's that to consider. Um, played Focal Points against Big War, uh, quite a good list. Um, good. And because my army is a four drop, I always got the choice of deployment. And that, and I know that there is some comments online about there's no battalions, you can't be low drop, but four drop is a low drop army. Yeah, five, yeah. five or less is what I'd consider to be low. Now, if you want to guarantee it, and by guarantee I mean 90 
plus percent of the time. I think probably you'd like Tone to be four or less with a, a, especially these days, three or less being a good idea, but four is pretty low. So it allowed me to give my the first turn away to the opponent. And what that really allows you to do is at the end of their turn, you capture your objective so you can kick it in your first turn, which is the okay. important bit about the, we're playing focal points and essentially the Kraken would be set up so he could kick one of the objectives towards the middle of the table. Um, and then you should be able to keep your army fairly compact and contest all the objectives because you count as 20 models, you know, 10 models per normal Gargan. It's very hard for them to get that off you because even if they come in and attack you, you, you generally count as 20. Even if you've taken 34 wounds, you still count as 20. So it's not like a unit of 20 guys. If you do 15 wounds to it, it's only five men left. Yeah, And yeah. you can also put a lot of volume of capture power in a small space because you can have three things within six inches of an objective and that's 60 yeah. overlapping like yeah whereas you could never fit yeah. 60 infantry in that space because it's too small no. an area and i think block, you can block up zones and then make it so other people yeah. can't get much there and if you get one there then you're like i think that's one of the the immediately immeasurable power areas of the book is um is the ability to get a, that much density like scoring density for lack of a better yeah. phrase scoring density within a tiny zone um just like delivering damage in a tiny compact area is a powerful thing delivering scoring in a compact area is a very powerful thing because you could just stand in the way and then win the game if you've got the yeah. ability to do that uh, especially if you can move the objectives into an area where in focal point <laughs> yeah. you only really need to have to control the free i'm playing against a combat army which wants to which only can fight me to do damage if I set my men up in a very complimentary way, that if they charge one mega gargant, they've probably got to commit three or four things to kill it, and then you get to counter them. Especially going second, like making them go first, you're always on the chance for a double. You're never in danger of being doubled. So they can't kill one mega gargant with the turn roll, kill the other mega gargant, because you're on that chance until like turn three or four and you've had your double already. But if you get a double, it's pretty devastating. So essentially, what happened was I got a double, wiped the army out. Um, you know, uh, uh, basically left him with a couple units left and won the game. We re-racked, actually, because everyone was still playing and our game lasted about 25 minutes. Um, and James, who was playing with Big War, uh, put his army in corners. He teleported. He he killed one of my giants. He debuffed the other giant. So he obviously, like, immediately played a much better game. He killed that Mega yeah. Gargant in a one I got the turn. I went in. He won the turn. I didn't get a double. Um, I managed to use like the man crushers to break coherency by grabbing and picking up savage orcs to break his big unit of 30. Another yeah. unique strength of the book. Yeah, and um, I managed to win on scenario by the. We were into turn three. I'd killed most of his stuff, but I was ahead on points. So it was it mathematically couldn't catch me. So although I lost two of my mega gargants, um, I just, out of my three, I'd still won the game at that point. And, and yeah. I think this is a strength of the army that. You, you keep your capture power and it's very easy to get up early on objectives. And it takes quite a lot of commitment to wipe out a Mega Gargant in a one So I think he used six Gore Grunters with plus one damage, teleporting and charging me and the Moor Crusher to take out Test. one of them. Test. Yeah, we can hear you. Yep. Um, so... Well, how many attacks are those Gorgons? There's like 90-something attacks. Something like that. I mean, you get like four... You yeah. get four per pig and like three per rider. 
So it's yeah. it's fairly a lot, but it's damage two and it's got rend and you know it's a lot of rolls and yeah. I mean, it's just a, a, a big so. investment of like models to like. Again, I'm just sort of like highlighting that you know you need a fully buffed up unit, a six wargrunters plus a more crusher to go in and, and wipe one to do yeah, thirty five wounds. Could have got lucky and done it with the more crusher, but to be honest, to do thirty five yeah. wounds in a one is quite hard. Um, so he yeah. came in and um didn't really get that that job done. Um, you know, he killed one. I was able to counter charge, and one of the things I found, which was particularly devastating, was the mortal wounds on the charge. Yeah. So when people look at the big guys, they look, oh, they're only damage two, which is something I've seen people go, why are they damage two? Uh, uh, but they, yeah. what you've got to remember is that they do d six damage on the charge. They've got a shooting attack. They stick around, so they do more rounds of combat before they die. And yeah, they degrade slightly, but it takes like 12 wounds to knock you down one bracket. That's a third of your wounds. Most monsters start losing after two or three wounds. So they're particularly good at absorbing a spike of damage and just not really being that affected. Um, And actually, when you look at their attack profile and you think, I've got this weapon and I hit you and it's only two damage, but you've got 10 attacks. So that's 20 damage potential. And I know yeah. some people have said, oh, they should be damage five or and have less attacks. But as soon as you have that, the consistency of your damage drops off a cliff. Everyone's so you, played with dragons, right? D6 damage. Yeah. So like, if you, I'd rather have more attacks at a consistent damage than less attacks at a high damage because one attack missing is you lost five damage. You've lost yeah, D6 big, damage. So That's why you went for the flail plus two attacks. Yeah, and, and I think the, the, the point is is that their profile might look a bit weird. Like you might look at it and go, Why have they got loads of attacks at low damage and, and this has got a free damage attack and that's in the game something else has got a five damage attack. It's like but you've got you want the consistency of the damage and if it helps you to imagine them swinging through the unit rather than an individual hit that does a massive spike. But if they hit a monster you could think of it as one hit, but you just work it out with multiple rolls. And I think that the danger of an army like this, if it was all like big D6 damage or big damage but low attacks, it'd be so inconsistent that in match play, it, you just wouldn't be able to bank on, and it'd be really spiky. Yeah, um, yeah. I think mean, like four attacks. Oh, sorry, Baron. Yeah, it's like, it's like, like playing four. with a Lariel. It's it's it, she's a really hard, difficult model to play with, and people either have the opinion that she's broken or mm. underpowered in combat because if it gets through. It's epic, and if it doesn't hit, it doesn't matter. If it whiffs, like yeah. stacking minuses against those big, you know, those low uh, number of attacks with high volume becomes even more important. Then, so your your massive your giants with like five attacks each with loads of damage. If you've got a way to minus them, but like minus them to hit by two, that literally neuters them because. Yeah, yeah. If they're like minus two to hit and they're hitting on threes, then that just means that they're what their five attacks are probably going to hit one or two. Mm. And by the time you get one wound through, that's I'd rather have it. I'd rather have more attacks again with a and that's a, a the, lower. Um, yeah, 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 and that's the strength for the mortal wounds on the charge because there's no hit roll. It's it's not in the combat yeah. phase. It's you don't get hit first, so you can even charge like you three mega gargants into something and do three d six mortal wounds to it before it even swings. Yeah. So that that's really powerful. And I've seen a lot of comments like, oh, they'll die on the first turn. But if you've got three oh. Mega Gargants, that's 105 wounds with a four-up save. So effectively, yeah, you'd have to do 210 wounds 
in one turn. I mean, what army can do that and deliver that? Quite often people are going to have a six up. They're going to have five extra wounds. Um, They might be next to mystical. You know, there's multiple things that would make that slightly harder. And if anyone has ever played against... A Great Unclean one is a good example. If anyone's ever played against a Great Unclean one and taken it down to two wounds remaining, and it's healed up, and they know how hard that is when you've taken the entire within range effective damage of your army, put it into one location to... And your objective is to kill that model, and you haven't killed it. How hard it is and how gutting it is when you don't, that's what playing against this army is like, because it doesn't get to heal, but it's also got twice as many wounds, and there's three of this big thing. And I just think that... Their gross, gross wounds in one location is something that hasn't been in the game before. Like we're not used to this unless you're playing a, you know, no. like a twelve hundred point corn dragon. It's just it's unique, isn't it? And I think it's yeah, so it's... unique. You've got to play games of it to get the context of how much resilience you get in a small space and how much damage you have in a small space. Because the spatial yeah. footprint, to coin a pun of the army, hmm. it, it is important because. You're able yeah. to get lots of capture power, lots of damage, lots of wounds in a small space. And actually, not many people can deliver a lot of damage into a small space, which yeah, makes me They can wipe out resilient. a 30 block of, like, a unit of half guard. You can get something here, something yeah. here, something in the front, do some spells. But um, especially if you know how to bodyguard your big guys, I think that's that's one of the real strengths yeah. is, like, you, uh, getting, like, five... There's very few things that can you played against... Um, I, I presume it was Gorgrunters that killed one in one turn with like a, a war beat on them or something. Yeah, we, with the two damage. extra damage and a war crusher. So yeah. that was just, just talked about when you dropped yeah. off the call. But yeah. So oh, sorry. You say, Les? <laughs> so, Les, yeah, what do you want to say? Oh, I was going to say, it's, it's very um, like you were saying about the, the amount of damage that it puts out. If, if you're playing this army and you mince your giant directly into 30 witch elves, then it will die, probably. But if you are smart and you tag it on the corner so that only four of those witch elves are fighting. They have to pile into you. You're then gonna you're gonna end up doing a lot more damage. It's, that's like there was a thing that I saw, which was like, how did I lose like the the thirty block of her like of her guard berserkers to the giants? And it's very easy when you get two giants tagged on either corner, yeah, and you're out in the, you're at a block because then all of these models in the middle, if you play the rules correctly, have to pile the, the army the the unit has to split with the pylons because you can't then just maximize pylons this way. You know, the person I played is very smart as well and puts a unit of giants outside of, like, you know, directly in front of me five inches away, which means I'm out of range to be able to pile in and hit them as well. So it then minimizes the amount of attacks that I can bring to each of those things that I need to kill, and then they just wail on me. And it's it's all about positional play. Like, a lot of people don't... It's like if you push a big monster into the center of 30 models, then it'll die. If you're smart and you think about the way that people pile in how many times in games do people go i'm going to tag this unit on the corner here and then i'm going to line up you've got a three inch pile in and a one inch reach so i'm going to line up this model five inches in front of the the unit so you can't maximize your pilings towards that monster because the closest you have to pile in towards the closest model which is directly forward so you can't then swamp the thing that's tagged on the corner it's it's all about being smart about how you play and you know, in isolation, a big monster into 30 guys that's like circle it, <clears throat> you're going to lose. So, again, like, the, so that was the next game I played against OBR. And so, to give an example of this, um, so there was a big unit of Mortec Guard. They had a harvester behind them. 
they were buffed. They had empowered Nadrite weapons, reroll shields, empowered Nadrite shields. Um, they were backed up by Leech Kavalos with plus one attack. They had two units of stalkers on the edges. I killed it all by charging it, doing lots of mortal wounds. And even I rolled three ones for my mortal wounds onto the Mortec Guard. But the unit of Little Giants, we've been able to pick up models and kill them. You can, you know, just within three, just pick them up, roll loads of dice, loads of rend, um, lots of three-inch reach. So the stomp attacks and the, the death grip attack and stuff like that, just, just reaching over and grabbing into the key things. And the Harvester I killed with shooting. So I, sh I threw rocks at it until it died. Um, I think I left it on one wound. And then the charge, I was able to tag it because I got around the side using long shanks. And then I did D6 mortals to it and took it off. So basically, it allowed me then to not worry about the Harvester. So, and also in the first game, I took the 11, 12, 13 wounds, something like that, off the Moor Crusher by range. Because they've got high rend, high damage. You know, it's like it's a high rend damage four attack from the Gatebreakers, and you're chucking lots of dice. Yes, it only hits on a four, but the point is, if you get a couple of them through, they're four damage. It's probably going to get through the armor save at three rend. It's like, well, that's a lot of damage at range. You've got a 12 inch move, an 18 inch shot. That's quite a long threat range. So even that is enough to chip away. And then even if you hit something, then you charge it and you do the mortals, you're probably going to kill it. And with a three-inch piling and a three-inch reach, you can combo charge something, wipe it out, pile in and kill something behind it. Um, they are, in my opinion, in a combat, against a combat army, they're a very scary prospect. Um, and luckily I did play free, free sort of combat. He did have a Mortec Crawler, um, but basically they were combat armies. <clears throat> so one of the things that um, in that OBR was in uh, Total Commitment. Um, so he had some Cavalos Death Riders and there was a little bit of trickery with running around the sides and I, I got a key turn to stop him double capturing my two home objectives. And I think one of the things that people say, oh, you've got to leave your objectives behind and you kind of do um, and just hope that whatever they run onto it, you get a chance to go and bash it off. But you kind of want to fight people, so you've got to kind of force people onto your objectives um, or into you. And that mission is particularly can be a bit difficult because they are spread out at the yeah. edges of the board and you want stuff in the middle of the table. I think as well, like when you say about like leaving your home objective, I'm so maybe it's just the, the armies that I've played, but like over the years, I've played a lot of Stormcast. Nine times out of ten, I haven't got a unit of thirty guys on a home objective. Mm. I've got five liberators or ten judicators, uh, or something along those lines. Maybe it's just the way that people think. Like in most armies, are you, you tag the objective with the minimum amount of models that you can to keep it safe, unless you've got a, a wealth of bodies. Unless you're playing Gloomspite, yeah. unless you're playing Skaven, something with loads of bodies on the table. Like realistically, how many bodies do most armies have that can go, you're not going to do anything in this game. You're just going to score me objective points, which is the key thing in the game. You need to score objectives to win. But most of the time you need to maintain, kiss core the objectives whilst stopping your opponent scoring objectives and dealing with them with combat and shooting so you give them more questions to answer aren't you if you like if you're just here yeah. you're like well i'm here i've tried to make a bit of a wall come at me and it's like you could do pretty much whatever you like if you've gone over and you've pinned someone you've damaged them and you've wiped out a unit even if you have left an objective behind i mean it, it's a bit of a reductive way of looking at it but it doesn't matter if they're dead right or yeah. if they if they can't reach you and your ability to take your ovals and turn them sideways and actually have a pretty considerable like crescent frontage around someone's army 
is really high. Your bases are also deep enough. It's actually yeah. quite difficult then to fly over, especially if you've damaged them a bit and their move profile has gone down. And all these things are very kind of... It, I don't think it's a particularly easy army to play at a high standard. No, um, and I think as well, like when you think about like an objective, you've got like an objective point here and you might be... Excuse the microphone. You might be this side of the objective. If you're this side of the objective, you're still within six. So if you're the their territory side... You're still yeah. the back of your base is still within six. You're still contesting, but you're five inches even further that because the size of your base, and you've got a three inch reach. So you could be like 12, 13 inches away from the objective, and you're still able to be hit, and they're still able to contest it. So yeah. you you've got quite a big play around these because the base sizes, the little the little man crushers are really good at tagging objective. That's ten models. One man crusher, that's ten models. Mm. If you're in a taker tribe, it's obviously fifteen. It's even better, but what you kind of do is you say, well, come and fight me because you've got to kill me to get me off the objective. But that's quite a lot of, to get off, you you know, to yeah. get one of those units yeah. off the objective is quite hard. Um, so, you know, the OBR game, um, I didn't have magic. The magic I found was a little bit intimidating, um, particularly like some of the debuffs, but um, I still managed to power through it and um, I won that game. The mission, it could have, I think if, if Carl had got the turn and played slightly differently with his cavalry, he could have double captured my home. But I still think at the end, by the end of the game, we worked it out. I still would have won um, because he didn't. He'd lost. I would have. I've got enough movement to get back to the home objective, and yeah. I've killed whatever I'm fighting generally because they just they just do so much damage, and it looks like they don't, but they really do. Um, and especially the little the little unit of man crushers, they are the, yeah. the the glass cannon, and I use them defensively. So they sat further back on the objective, chuck your rocks. They are the counter charge, and one of the big guys, normally the uh, normally one of the gate breakers, normally my general actually would be the one forward, just going come and kill me, because you they've got to commit models to that to fight it, and then you get to counter them. And you're never at a danger of a double turn because you've got less drops than them. I mean, if you play an army that outdrops you, slightly different story, but you've still got a four drop army, so there isn't much in the game that does outdrop you. Um, I think a lot of and if it's direct dropping you, but... sorry, I was going to say if they drop you, they normally at the moment the one the armies that will like drop you will just be a really bad matchup for you anyway, right? So you change host, you potentially, KO, since... yeah. The, the, the particular yeah. ones that have low drop armies at the moment are just terrible matchups, um, in my opinion. Yeah. But I've been mean, not playing. Quite it, a few but... of them would choose to go first, though. That does give you a chance of getting the double. Yeah, I think I think there is a good point that you, that there are some people saying you don't have anything to out reach out and affect the game on turn one. Well, actually, what I what you can do is you can afford to be quite deep as well, because what it allows you to do is, you again, about the objective capturing, you only need like one mil of your base within six of the objective to be 20. So it's not like if you've got a unit of 20 guys, you've got to be quite far up to all be in range and you're quite you're further up the table. So you could be quite far back. You do have a shooting attack with the rocks. It's not amazing, but it does chip away. And you want to be patient. And the idea is, is that, you, but against a shooting army, I mean, it depends what you're fight, fighting against. I mean, Obviously, the range on Zinch stuff is quite short uh, in comparison to KO, um, but it, I think they are difficult matchups. But um, just to finish off what I was talking about with that, so obviously, you, I think the strength really there in that game that was proven to me was the mortal wounds of the charge. That was the thing that really made a difference. And 
being able to snipe models. Again, this came up again, was very useful. Um, the other game, the last game I played was against Flesh Eaters. Now, Flesh Eaters, you know, they get in, it was a bit of an off the wall list. It was actually quite an interesting list. I think it's a bit better than running Gristle Gore, but it had double terror guys, zombie dragon, plus two to cast unbind, uh, arch regent, some ghouls, um, and basically it was in places of arcane power. Um, and Dave was able to get off the triple run and charge on all three bats and put two of them into, well, he'd got one, one of them into my general on the middle objective and um, went twice with plus three attacks, um, re-roll into wound, and didn't kill my Mega Gargan, who left him on two wounds. So he didn't capture. I then counter-charged, kill his general and his other general, and his other zombie dragon, so I killed two of his characters in one, um, and then from that was able to win out the game. But there was a lot of moments where I think I had one Gargan on two wounds, I had one left on three wounds, I had uh, one that was basically untouched, and then uh, my my little unit had lost one model. So I'd lost quite a bit, but I was still up on points, and I'd still I'd still ground off most of the army. Um, so I think some dice rolls the other way would have swung the game a bit more. But again, it yeah. shows you the resiliency that you can take a you know a twelve attack more rerolling doing mortals on a six and all the other attacks and survive yeah. that because even a fully like buffed up zombie dragon i think maximum damage is you know is if you don't have the bonus attacks is like it's just over 30 30 like 40 wounds or something yeah. like that so if everything hits everything wounds yeah. and you fail everything and it all becomes yeah. maximum yeah and like what well, i mean you know it it could happen it's just hard to get much damage right yeah, like Avalanor charge imps forty wounds. Dirithu fully hits, fully attacked, fully buffed thirty six. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think if you get comboed with two very spiky damage things, probably going to lose a Mega Gargant, but you would lose any unit in the game pretty much. Um, that was thirty five, forty models that got double charged by two really hard hitting things. The the point is, is then your next thing comes in and can do enough damage to spike them off. I think the it was an interesting game. I think the bravery was interesting because there's one point where three um flayers screamed at my my gargant that only had like five wounds left. And their bravery seven, so two D six, take away two, anything ten or above is mortal wounds. So I was thinking, oh this he didn't have a mortal wound save. I was like, this is a bit scary. Yeah. Yeah. Um luckily didn't die. But again it's it's that it was close. It didn't feel like it wasn't a one-sided game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you you get that with any army. You need a bit of luck, you know, where you need it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't feel outclassed, and I certainly didn't feel like there wasn't any game to play. Um, so I think really what I'm trying to say is that it plays very well. Like you, and, and the thing that you, by reading the battle tome, you don't get is the damage and survivability and the capture potential in a small footprint. Because yeah. if you take a 130 mil round base, you cannot fit 20, 30 models in that space, maybe on 25 mil bases. But they and certainly... if you're hitting each other, those those 20 or yeah. 30 are going to be 10 or 15, and you're still going to be 20 yeah. until you've got zero rooms left, you're 20, which is just... 
it, so, you can't quantify that. We're used to saying they're 30 wounds and we, we're taking a metric that we, we've measured normal stuff for and it's mm. not really applicable. And you kind of have to just play very aggressive. You have to basically go in and go, I am going to just leave my objectives captured out of nothing on them and I'm going to go for you. Because if you come around me, I can run backwards because they're fast, you know, movement 12, movement 11, 10, movement 8, run and charge, 24-inch range shooting attacks. To get around the army is quite hard, particularly because the the threat range, if you're a bit spread out, there's pretty much everyone on the board you can get to. Um, and you've got to survive to hold those objectives for the game. And all the time you're not really after them, you're just going in and smashing. Um so yeah a few bits i think there's some misnomers a few things i saw that i will talk about little tricks um so one you can walk over endless spells because they're a model and they don't have wounds of so they got they don't have any wounds so you can use long shanks to walk over endless so you can't be trapped in um there's some people said about the damage too doesn't make sense i think we covered that but it's to make them more consistent i believe um they don't have access to low drop they are low drop um they die too easy that's not true. Um, so I think there's a lot of stuff that people are saying that I just, I think with gameplay, those are myths that get dispelled. Now, this is obviously a caveat that this is my opinion based on the games I've played and my experience as a, a competitive Age of Sigma player. Other people are entitled to have their own opinions. That's completely fine. Um, the nice just, things about the hobby is everyone having different, like everyone would be taking the same list if we didn't. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm, I'm just telling you what I think based on some actual gameplay and, and my knowledge and experience um and the reason for that really is because i've seen a lot of people out there disheartened talking about cancelling their orders don't want to do the army they're really disappointed they were so excited just just give it a chance even if you just if you don't want to fork out the like 500 pounds to buy it proxy it give it a couple games yeah. of a mate see how it feels if you enjoy it and you you you're challenging them then then go out and buy it. I mean, it's yes. no different than playing it's any other army that struggles with a certain match. If you play Stormcast, you play against Mortal Wound dishing out Zinch, you're going to struggle, right? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think I've already touched on it, but it's, whenever something very different comes out, all we have to measure it are a load of metrics that are based on the state of the game currently. Now, the closest thing we've got is Beast Core Raiders. They're really good. They're really combative. They're pretty fast. They're fairly applicable. They didn't take it to this extreme, both in terms of how many wounds they are on objective, how many wounds the models have, uh, damage, um, etc. And it's what we'd be applying would be fine if we were applying it to something that worked in exactly the same way. But like I said, we're like, here's your 35. Let's say someone's got a, a four up save 35 wound block and you've got a four up save 35 wound dude. The moment this one's taken half a damage, it is no different it's also not atrophied in terms of its damage nearly in the same way this one is half as good and it's now not beating this one in terms of scoring on that objective and it couldn't have got enough stuff around the objective anyway but we're just not used to having to evaluate things in that sense whatsoever and there are a i saw um honest rob's got a review out there and he one of his he i saw a tweet as well where he said it's lacking uh what was the like it doesn't ask any questions that there isn't an answer for already or something about yeah. um it being doesn't unique. do anything like unique basically yeah we we can yeah. pop the tweet up um 
I think it does a little bit actually. Those things like reach out and grab, that's within the na- within the game already, but that much reach out and grab is not within the game already. Um, plus mortal wounds, plus some uh, damage attacks at range. Now we're used to seeing things that are more reliable here, being on the hit spectrum, and less, ball, less reliable or more saveable here on the wound and save spectrum. It, you're just shifting that from this end to this end. And that means that less things are going to get through, but when they get through, they get through. Um, so I, I think it's kind of a, it, it's just a matter of taking something, playing with it, and perhaps it doesn't perform in exactly the way that you're used to evaluating something. Run it out a second time and try and find which way you should be evaluating it and which way you should be playing it, because it might be completely different. Your hammers might be yeah. anvils. Your your like aggro army might actually be a blob around an objective, kick it backwards football army. All this type of stuff. Nothing like this has existed before, and it's very hard to evaluate something that just is completely different. I think it's an interesting point about the grab. So, like, we've seen it in like a Star Drake, um, and that's is really powerful. But it's yeah. a single model. So, what you can do with the giants uh, or sons of Bearmat, I should say, is you can put in a Kraken eater, you know, man crushes and a Kraken eater. Now, you do your attacks on one of your models. You've well, you've already done probably potentially two d six plus three d three mortal wounds, so whatever's left. Not um, shabby. Not a lot, probably. Um, then I know you people go, it's their whole army. But yeah, that that's how it works. You put your whole army into their army, into what's there in blobs, and you kill it. And then you go into the next thing, and you kill it. And you take hope you don't take enough damage to fall over. Um, but basically, you put say you put two things in, right? So you fight with one. They pile in, fight you. Then the next thing goes and can grab. You can break unit coherency because they've already yeah. piled in. The problem with a Star Drake they they can wait to activate that unit until you've activated the drake whereas yeah. with the giants you say well if you don't activate then i'm going to kill you lots and if you do activate you're going to get double grab unit here currency being broken and in a big unit like say for example 30 savage orcs you could kill half the unit as oh, particularly some, yeah. with three inch reach you could break the coherency and then hit over the top at something else and say well actually you're going to lose half that unit. So I'm not going to keep attacking it because you're just going to take casualties off one side and then that side's going to go anyway. So I might as well just hit something else so I can hit multiple things. Um, and, you know, they've the, the reach on the army is incredible. You've got three yeah, and two. There's barely any reach everything. two. Like, reach two is a minority reach within the army. Everything well, there, else is reach three. There, there is quite a bit of reach two, but it's like stomps and, and, gr- and like headbutts yeah. and things like that. But, but it's... And they've got good rend. They've got good reach. They're fast, and and they are fast for what for what you're delivering. Because you, what you've got to imagine is like a, a big unit of infantry that's in a small space that can go eighteen inches. You know, it's like that's yeah. that's quite good. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. With a shooting I think attack the, and potentially loaded keywords as well, they might be bay them off and battle line. Or yeah, yes. I think one of the things that you pointed out there, Russ, and I know it's like harping on the same thing, is that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to get caught out by the grabs because how many people have like piling discipline to go, I'm going to like, you know, in that situation, I'm going to pile in and just yeah. be smart same about it and just like having stuff in a line and you just go, cool, I'll just take those three and then they're gone. Yeah. And then half the units gone. Piling discipline is a massive thing that people haven't had to think about before. You know, how many, like, yeah, you may lose a, a you're cracking here in that situation but most of the time people will maximize the amount of attacks on the thing that they deem as the most the, yeah. the biggest threat and then they've piled in in a certain way and i mean you can even 
do it so that you can sort of like, if you're smart, make sure that they pile in the correct way so they stretch the unit out which allows you yeah. to then activate and pick the stuff in the middle yeah because if you're like again piling piling in is the one of the the most key elements of this game that i see people play incorrectly or don't think about you know yeah. with how, which is the closest unit how is that how is that going to affect it what do you pile in forwards so you like in that situation you've got two kraken eaters and the three guys in the middle all you need to do is spread it or when you charge put it in certain situations so that they have to pile in to maximize the attacks on the Kraken Eaters, which they're going to want to do, they're going to have to spread the unit to do it, and then you just take the stuff in the middle, and you just go, right, cool, pick which one's dead. Yeah. It's definitely and- an army that rewards uh, you handling priority, whether that's target priority or combat priority or the priority role, and punishes your opponent, because if there's any situation where your opponent's fought before you, you've got a literal, pun intended, bag of tricks with which you can do quite a lot of different things. I mean, they could pile in with a huge unit, 40 models you've already fought something else you've got someone on the edge that can't fight that and you could be like well i'm gonna i'm gonna pick off these models so now you don't score that objective i didn't break your coherency or anything cute but you know i won i won what wins me the game this round and i think i think like the the point is you've essentially got four very very aggressive things that if they fight you in multiple places something's gonna die before it hits you generally and because every unit is like having a big super unit um and although the damage output might not be the same as say 30 witch elves that are buffed it doesn't need to be um it just needs to be enough to kill what's in front of you um and it is generally um obviously the gate breakers are probably the highest dps um giants in the army um but the kraken eater brings so much with the kicking objectives so i think i'll go into the list that we come up with and i'll talk about why i've i've this is the list I'm going to sort of try out at the next time I play with them and why cool. I make these choices. And then I'll go, I think we'll go through the scenarios and then we'll talk a little bit about the meta. Um, sure. So obviously the take a tribe, you can see it up on the screen now. So it's the um, Kraken Eater as the general and he's got extremely intimidating and that's a minus one to hit uh, trait. So if you're within three, you're minus one to hit. That doesn't mean if you're hitting him, that's if you're within three. So even if you're shooting, so if I charge a shooting unit and you're shooting at me, I'm within three, you're still minus one. So it's very strong. Um, I've given him the glowy lantern that makes him a wizard. Now, the reason I've gone for this is because having an unbind, I know you've got no bonuses and it's, you know, it's a bit of a crapshoot, but having the chance to unbind something key, I think is important, even if it's not very likely. It might be a 20%, 30%, but it's still rather have that than 0%. Yeah. Um, if it's an endless spell as well, the bonuses aren't included there, you're just getting rid of thing aren't you yeah um so i think having the way to get rid of an endless spell as well is important um so then i've gone for a gate breaker now the gate breaker is because i think being able to destroy faction terrain he doesn't lose anything in a take tribe in a breaker tribe the crackety it doesn't get the loathing so but in a taker tribe which makes your units count as more for capturing it doesn't matter that you've got a gate breaker. He counts as 30 models for objectives rather than 20. So he gets a benefit. Um, he's in there to be more damage, better range attack, in my opinion, because high damage, high rend, um, shorter range, able to f- shut faction terrain down. Um, so he's the other thing. Now, what I've done is I might decide that this is too many points in stuff that isn't models, but one unit of three man crushers um, and two single man crushers and then what I've done is I've put in chronomatic cogs and a command point, and I'm still 1950. So 
you get renegade. a it is a bit renegade um i did see on one review they said that the throw rock ability for the allegiance is a command ability it's not it doesn't cost a command point it just happens unless you're in stomper and you're trying to activate multiple units but anyway um so the idea of this is you're minus one to hit on the gate on the kraken and he's your anvil right now what you can do is you can even put the two single man crushers adjacent to him which means less models can get within range to hit him and he can reach over the top of them anyway plus if they're within range to hit them they're probably within three of him to be minus one to hit and what it means is that you're you're always going to be taking damage back, even if you one shot a giant. He's something's going to be within free to hit you back. So this comes like a little um, little squad of of quite resilient guys. Okay. Now, if you get chronomatic cogs off, you can slow time down and get a rerollable armor save and an extra spell to put mystic shield on the other giant or have a go at it anyway. Um, it's on a seven. It's not very likely, but if you don't get it off, it's not the end of the world. The other thing you can do is obviously give you plus two move and it'll give you plus two charge, which means that you could potentially be into them on turn one, particularly on missions where you're 18 away. So if they go first and they leave themselves particularly open and you get cogs off, you might speed time up just to get in and go for the double uh, kill shot. Um, you've still got the three man crushes and the gatebreaker. They kind of just operate independently or they can be together, whatever. Um, yeah. The idea of command point is just because I had the points and, and battle shot might be a thing for the, the man crushes, but it also allows you to do things like reroll ones on your save, reroll ones to hit, you know, so it's still useful. Um, so yeah. like actually using a command point on your big guy when they swing or when they save is actually quite useful. Obviously, you get a triumph more likely than not, which again is better than the command point because you get reroll hits or wounds or saves. But also in a take tribe, if you kill a model with an artifact, you also get a command point. So you can throw your rocks at a thing that is, uh, sorry, a triumph. So you can throw your rocks at something like Squishy, like a Squishy here of an artifact to try and kill them um, to gain that ability or charge and, and tag them and do mortal wounds to them or hit over the top or whatever, if depending on what it is. It's kind of an interesting resource management, isn't it? You're kind of yeah. farming your own reliability stats. Yeah. And um, the Kraken Eater... I think will be in every list because even if you don't play, unless you're playing Stomper Tribe, but I think you're, if you're playing any of them, you need a Kraken Eater. And, and I'll explain that when I get onto the scenarios. So that's the list I'm going to try out. Um, I think it's, I think it's, I wouldn't say it's massively stronger. I think it's got more tricks to it. I think it's got a little bit more play in it. Um, I still think the other list is good. And I think this is the thing about the yeah. book. Every list, the free list we put up, the Stomper list, even in this list, you could have all those man crushes as five individuals because you've got all those yeah. extra points. And then you would have, obviously, you wouldn't be able to take the command point or you might not take the cogs or you might take a different endless spell. You might take an extra endless spell. But mm. the point is, there's a lot of design around such a small army. And I think people out there who are like, oh, there's only four scrolls. Mm. It's like, well, yeah, there is. But each allegiance is viable in terms of yeah. taker, breaker, stomper. Whereas in a lot of books, you go like, well, actually, only one of them is. Like, you look at like, it's Petrifix, yeah. or it's Praetorian, or nothing else. Or, yeah. or it's Hagnar. Pain from deep, or, yeah. Yeah, so, or, or Metrica, or Ithaca. For, so, or, uh, yeah. so in my, my opinion, for a small War Scroll book that has three, only three tribes and no battalions, I think this is actually internally 
more interesting than a lot of other books that have lots of these things because this got a lot of stuff in there you probably wouldn't take um or, or you don't consider or it's very obvious which is better whereas this i can't in my head i'm like well actually they're all good in different ways yeah and that doesn't so there's no got, ivory host in yeah this, right exactly no, yeah yeah you've know. got less choices and they all matter which is kind of like how it is on the table right don't have a magic phase but your priority is really important in combat and when you're constructing your army you've only got a few war scrolls but you've got to really think about what they're doing and then changing their temple tribe thing is going to hugely change the the feeling of the army too yeah and i, I i'm really quite passionate about the fact that people are saying Oh, it's a, it's a really bad battle tome, and I, I could be that's completely wrong. I think it's an amazing battle tome for what for the if you think about the design space you've got, you've got a very limited pool of stuff to play around with. The the result I think is incredible for what you've got out of it, because as a as a and I'm talking about myself as a match play player that lots to play combat armies, and this is a combat army. I think this is better than the Beast Claw army. Like I've played Beast Claw at an event. I think this is a better list honestly, and lots of people did well with that Beast Claw and Podiums, and they said it was really good. I think this is better than the Stonehorn uh, Beast Claw army, uh, uh, hands down. Mm. Um, and you know, Importantly does... as well, you had a really good time with it, didn't you? Yeah. Like, it's fun. You found yeah, it yeah. enjoyable. There wasn't a ridiculous amount of resource management, anything like that. You had a few key decisions that really mattered, and it probably is a good army to learn with and reward good play and teach you stuff. And one of the things that my opponent said was that they feel scary. So like yeah. they they feel intimidating. I mean, obviously, I was proxying it with yeah. a great and clean one of zombie dragon and a, a bunch of necropolis knights. But the point, obviously, nothing more intimidating than tomb kings. But I think that people were saying that um, it feel they felt like they felt yeah. like they should feel. Um, and I know there's been a bit of criticism about looking at the profile and the stats and going they don't make sense from a background point of view. But I'd actually argue that the army plays like the background suggests so yeah i actually think it's quite good in that respect um yeah as an army as opposed to an isolation per war scroll i think it yeah. plays like expected yeah. to and feels like it should and i think when you're some... evaluating yeah go on i was gonna say when you're evaluating stuff as well it's all very well us saying it feels like this but now i think we can move on to some maths which is before <laughs> russ played some games i said if you do get the good role of scenarios it's gonna it's gonna be an extremely hard army to beat and yeah. then from that, what we've moved on to is how many would you say are good, how many are average, and how many are bad. So I think we're we're going to look yeah. at the twelve out of the. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I've bought up a, an article I found online from a website called Goonhammer, um, good where they've gone through the general's yeah. handbook and they've. We, I'm not going to go through the core ones as well, but it gives you an idea of what I'm talking about. So. Facehammer merchandise is available from ElementGames.co.uk. Head over to the website and type Facehammer in the search bar to see the full range. From custom dice in a multitude of colours, paint racks to hold Vallejo Scale 75 Games Workshop and many more ranges of paints, and objective markers to make sure you never miss an objective again during match play, head over to elementgames.co.uk and search for Facehammer. So if you want to support the show, pick up some cool gamer swag from the Element Games web store and level up your hobby. Um, i go through the missions uh, and I'll tell you what I think, and I'm talking specifically, and I will caveat it with the Stomper tribe being a little bit different to the other lists. So knife to the heart. So you've got two objectives, and this, is, this scenario is gold for you. 
because you can basically put all your models on one, kick it forward, and just move up the table. Um, and yeah. you know, it's they're they're not that far away from each other. You know, like two kicks is probably going to be in a place to contest, be in a place to be near both. Um, I think knife to the heart is a great mission for this army. It's very. And that- yeah, go on. Who would say that about Knife to the Heart these days? Like every time Knife to Heart gets rolled at tournaments, everyone's like, oh. Whereas, like, if you're a percent uh, of Bayonet, you're going to be like, I hope they play Knife to the Heart. Because you, it's, it's a good one for you. For them, for them to like have enough to contest those objectives around you, particularly if you're playing Taker, you're, you're going to be like swinging your club for days, right? I mean, like, if you've got two big giants within range of that home objective, that's 60, 60 catching still, power. Yeah, they haven't so, changed it, still auto win, right? Yeah. As well. So don't so turn three. You've got two big guys yeah. near there in within six of theirs. You've got three little ones and a big guy near yours. And you're like, well, yeah. all right. Come. Squeaky bum. It's yeah. like 45 plus 30, what, 75 on yours and 60 on theirs. Gone then. Too shabby. You might lose a giant, but even a, a giant worth 30 is probably going to be able to capture because how like we talked about getting that many models around that objective. So that's a great mission. Um, Total Conquest. Um, I think this is an average to good one. And the reason is a lot of this comes on you kill a model um, and they capture it. You kill them, you get more points. Try and come on and kill a Mega Gargan and capture more. So you can almost leave something on your home and do what I call the sweep. So um, I talked about this in an article I wrote for um, uh, GW where I'll do it on the mouse, you better see it. So you, you say you've got yourself, your objective here. And then what you do is you you hold this and then you send your attack force round in a circle like this. And then what what that means is you're you're effectively swinging round. Um, and if you're you could even put like a mega gargant just in range here or like a uh, small gargant. That's fifteen models. That's quite a lot for them to contest. And if they're around this objective, you can then come and counterattack with your home force, depending on what's coming down the middle of the table. So you should be able to win out on that mission fairly comfortably. Um, then you've got uh, Battle for the Pass, um, and I think I put this down as a as a oneer. Um, and the reason for that is you take Taker, because immediately what you can do is this objective that's in your home. It's only worth four to your opponent if it's in your territory. <laughs> so what you do is you kick it out of your territory it's no longer worth four for your opponent oh, that's great it's the type of thing you just yeah. wouldn't think of is it no and you're only it's only uh six inches away so roll a seven it's already well it's already out yeah so they can yeah. never score four on your home objective so straight away and it's a it's a battle for the pass is obviously lengthways so they're more compact you can go up the middle of the table with a mega gargant on each side and contest both the edge objectives and then plow onto their middle. And if you've kicked that forward, yeah. you're in a good position. I think I think it's a good mission for you. Um Star Strike is I it's it's a weird one because oh I should mention as well that in um Total Conquest you're eighteen inches away from their territory, so only nine. So that's good as well, so you're closer. Um, Star Strike, I think, is a two, and then people might think it should be a weak scenario because they could come anywhere on the table, you know, these objectives. But actually, they've made it quite a concise grid. Like it's in, it's in a very, it's in like a little box in the middle of the table, so they're not that far away. 
and they don't come down until you know two turns two three. So yeah. actually, I don't think it's that bad because you can concentrate on just going and killing and not worrying about leaving stuff behind and protecting yeah. objectives because there's none. So you could just be aggressive, um, which, which yeah it makes sense. And, and those sweet times, that time when it they land all in a line, then it's winner for you, right? As well. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then. Um, you know, uh, Scorched Earth. So this one, this is a bit of a weird one. So like, obviously there's a lot of objectives, so you think this might be difficult. Mm. Um, again, you you can do some shenanigans with a Kraken Eater where if you kick the objective into their territory, you can then burn one of your objectives. So over two turns, you could kick an objective from your 12-inch line into their territory and then burn it, even though it's yours. Mm. And that denies them a chance to burn for D3 and you've burnt one. So I think that could be quite good. Also, leaders score you extra points, and you've got if you've got three mega gargants, they're all leaders. So, again, yeah. you're that's good. You can also um, they count as a lot of models, so I think it's quite easy to go out and burn their objectives. Um, I think it, it it might be worth protecting one of yours, going in and being very aggressive, and then and then following up with kicks. Um, so I think it's um, it's one of those missions. Depends what you're playing against, but. I certainly it might look on paper like a difficult mission to do, and it will depend a little bit on your army list because there's a lot of objectives. But I think with some clever deployment, because I think you can be positioned between two and still contest two. Um, obviously, you can only choose to do one, but they have to commit somewhere, and then you could you choose that one, and then so you could almost like Tetris your army a little bit. Um, you might need to give up an objective, but if you've got a Kraken eater on one flank, just yeah. kicking the objective up the table, then yeah, you're, you're okay. like. <laughs> The thing is, as well, if you're between both objectives, how how many armies out there can put twenty one models? Or sorry, your taker tribe, right? Yeah, so thirty. So mm. six sixty one models on one side of that objective, and sixty one models on that side of the objective. Yeah. Because they'll go, oh, I'm going to get this one. You go, okay, cool, I can test that one. Yeah, and then you go, oh, I'm going to get that one. You go, okay, I can test that yeah. one. Um, Not many people can de- deploy sixty two models no. to contest either one of those objectives. No, exactly. I, I, think, I think that's why you need the the individual giants, which allows you to to have more scoring units so you can contest multiple things. Um, yeah. And so I think that's the reason why I went away from three big ones, but I still think three big ones would be viable. Um, Total Commitment was one of the missions I actually played. Oh, Scorched Death as well is 18 inches away, so it's nine from the centre line. So again, that plays into your into your hands a little bit. <laughs> um focal points again um is a mission that um is sorry not focal points total commitment sorry so this mm-hmm. one is a little bit tricky because you've got objectives quite far away and spread out so this is actually quite a tricky one um but it, i think there's no reserve so you don't need to worry about people dropping from the sky and all that kind of stuff and you can move the objectives so you do get a benefit because you can try and start moving one of the objectives. To, they're quite far away, but you can move one objective towards the other objective um, or in deeper into your territory to make it harder. So then one unit can basically protect both of them because they're close enough together that you can go either one to attack whatever's capturing it. Um, you can start really close to them as well, don't you? Even though they are far apart, you are within... Oh, yeah, yeah, you're easily. on top of them. So yeah. I, I found that, and again, it's... Um, it, it, yeah, it's it's a, it's a good one for that, really. I, um, I, again, it, it depends, but I I don't think it's a bad one. So it's middling. No, okay. Um, focal points. 
Uh, I think this is a good one for you. They're all in the middle. Um, again, you you can move one objective. So if you take this objective and move it into here, into this space, um, you're essentially creating a little pocket of three objectives. And guess what? You hold three and they hold two. You can win the game, right? So the middle one's worth more. Protect the other two. It's easy to do that if you boot that over. This is what I did. I booted this one over here and I contested this area of the board and then just attacked here with a Mega Gargan if the opportunity arose. Um, good thing about this as well um, is uh, Behemoth's score more. Good news for you. Um, and also mm. you're 18 inches away. Good news for you. So, so. again, that's a, a mission that I think is very good. Um, then, you know, shifted objectives. Um, sorry, better part of Valor. I got these in a different order to my notes, so I do apologize. <laughs> um, so again, this is uh, a little bit more difficult because battle line. Um, so battle line units, if you've got more, if you've got a Stomper tribe, this is an amazing mission for you because you're going to have like at least three uh, man crusher units and they're all battle line. If you're playing a breaker with triple mega gargant, this could be difficult. Okay, it's just it's just that's as simple as it is really, because obviously you need battle line units to burn the objectives. So it's tricky, but they've still got to capture them, right? So um, it's uh, so it's basically it's a friendly battle line unit. Um, so it's it's effectively difficult, but um, if you've gone for a stomper tribe, this is a dream. Um, and if you've got multiple units of gargants, then it's it's okay. Fine, it's fine. Cool. Um, shifted objectives, I think it's quite good. Obviously, you're quite far away, and there's three objectives, but they're in the middle of the table. Um, and you also um, score additional if you've got a battle line unit uh, within six of the objective when you score it. And again, I, that's why I lent away from having three Mega Gargants and having only two. But I think that if you had three, you'd still be okay. Uh, but I would be tempted yeah. to split the man crushes into three singles, which then means you can't so have got- crack and eat a breaker breaker. You'd have to have a stomper in there to loot, reduce your points by 10, which you can't fit. Um, places of arcane power, um, actually great. I mean, you, they're heroes, um, and they just stand on them and getting a mega gargan off one of those quite hard and if you've got a kraken eater again yeah. you can start kicking it away from them or towards the middle or you know so i when i did it i went up here and i kicked it this way to try and mean it was closer to, to the other one just so you know not that it really matters i mean you More could actually kick it out of the way if you want but yeah i mean they're not five weed heroes are they so yes. <laughs> no no and again, like that's an argument for having three big ones is that makes this mission easier, actually. Um But yeah, I think that's a that's a guess it depending on your list. If you've got a Stomper tribe, it's hard. I think it's either a middle or a good mission for you. Um yeah. then Blade's Edge. Um so this again I think is decent for you because they're all in the middle of the table. Um you've got a low drop army, so you probably get to dictate the turn. Um at the beginning, and then obviously the, the, with the Blade's Edge, like winning the turn roll, if they go second, they burn an objective and things like that. So, um, and again, it's uh, it, I think it's it's fairly it's fairly okay. I think it's in the middle. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's bad. Uh, and these are just my opinions. Um, forcing the hand. Yeah, and this is real world application, <laughs> necessarily. Like, I mean, I'm, there's nothing wrong with Tabletop Simulator. 
but this is like a real world application sort of thing where you'd be playing your opponent because yeah. anyone can buy a million gun strop gun hordlers and like uh, not everyone can purchase those and build them and paint them mm. whereas on tts you just click them and then they're all there right so i know that's what people are playing these days but we talk about real world application in a tournament setting you know as yeah. opposed to tabletop simulator which is each of their own people who do that not themselves out it's not for me but and when i'm you know, when i'm talking about the the missions i'm talking about them in context is does my armyist hinder or help me not yeah. does my opponent's army beat me because i don't know what's on the other side of the table so contextually you might be in a great scenario against a mobile one drop crash on army and still screwed so doesn't matter mm-hmm. But I'm just saying to you, if I look at my army list, I don't want to make games hard for me through list design if I can mitigate it. So that's why I'm talking about... That's why my follow-up list is a little bit more balanced with five mini gargants and two big ones rather than three big ones because I think the balance of that because of the two battle line missions and the ones with more objectives on the table is more beneficial than having three big ones. Whereas if I do play three places of arcane power, having three big ones is just lol mode. Um, so that's that's the, the context of that. So out of that list, really, there aren't really that many bad. I've got one better part of Valor as a bad one because it's just... If you're playing Stomper Tribe, it's not, okay? But then others become bad. But in my list, yeah, it's not a particularly good mission for me. Scorched Earth, I think it's good. I, I think the other one that's probably a bit bad is Total Commitment, and that's just because of where they're spread out. It forces yeah. you to play away from your mates, and you want to be playing as a blob. A lot of the other missions, that they're not bad at all. I don't, I don't think. I Anything can't... where you start closer is a, a, a potential gift with this army. Yeah, and there's there's plenty of those missions. So um, you know, you've got Total Commitment. Place of Arcane Power, Better Part of Valor, Focal Point, Scorched Earth, Total Conquest, they're all 18 inches away or 9 inches away from your opponent's deployment zone. So Shooting's going to be in range. You're going to get first-hand charges if you decide to go first. If your opponent comes towards you, you're definitely going to get the opportunity to sweep around them or maybe hop over them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I thought I would look at auxiliaries. So obviously these are tiebreakers, uh, so they're quite important. And maybe there's some of these that are really bad and... I know that most armies can't do all of these and, and no, lots of them feel... than they used to be. Um, so it's like the aggressor... So I'll go through them. I'll go too much of it. The aggressor control objectives in your opponent's territory. Depends on the mission, really. Um, control mm. objectives, good at that. So I think that's all right. Um, pick an enemy hero and kill it. Could be really good, depending on the mission. Again, if you're playing hero capture mission, it's fine. I mean, yeah, a lot of these will dictate... Yeah, exactly. And if they've got a big character, like a big monster, then you go, well, all right, I'll pick your thing that you need to go and kill my big monster, and it's a hero capture mission. Depends. Um, then you've got bait, a friendly unit, get it killed before the third battle round. I think that's fairly easy as well, because you could pick one of your mega gargants and be super aggressive with it. It might not die, which would be a problem, but you probably won the game anyway at if that point. If it doesn't, yeah, you're <laughs> So It's like, they kill it, you're like, okay, well, that's fine, but if they don't kill it, you're probably winning the major anyway, so it wouldn't make any difference. Um, cornered, uh, get two or more units within three of the same hero. Uh, quite difficult, I think, because um, mm. you're probably going to kill anything that you're within three of, and you got don't have many units, so it's quite a difficult yeah. one. Defender, no enemy units in your territory. Depends what you play against. I think it could be easy, could be difficult. Um, I wouldn't say it's any 
more difficult than anyone else taking that mission. Don't think being being sons of bear Matt impacts that. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, dom- domination destroy three or more enemy units in one turn. Again, it depends what you play against, but they definitely have the potential to spike three units in one turn. So, I actually think this is quite a good good one for you it because shoot, you've got damage in multiple phases, which yeah. I think is one of the most helpful things about that. You've got shooting, impact hits, yeah. combat, battle and reach shot, potentially, lots and, of reach, and pick out models and blah 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 blah. Um, grudge, uh, pick an enemy hero and a friendly hero, kill the enemy hero yours. It's, I think it's a bad one for most armies, to be honest. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a different yeah. one in general. But you, your heroes do have shooting attacks, so you can chip off that wound or that five wound hero over a few turns. Um, you know, like the Kraken Eater with his three D three damage shots. If you if you just pick something, you just go. Well, I'm not really going to try and kill it with anything else. I'm just going to keep chucking rocks at it until it goes. And and yeah, yeah, by the end of the game, you might do it. It's it's not an easy mission for anyone really to do. Um. Headhunter, again, depends on their army, but you've certainly got ways to kill heroes, whether that's combat or bit of shooting poke or just charging them. But I think if someone's got lots of little five-wound heroes running around, that's going to be difficult. But um, again, it depends on what you're playing against rather than your army itself being bad. I mean, obviously, your opponent won't like to do that because if you've got three Mega Gargants, they're not going to get... It's like, I don't know about that one. Um Invader at the end of the battle have more units in your opponent's territory than they do. Um, depends on the mission. If you play a knife to the heart, probably play that one just because they're going to have to try and get you off that home objective. But again, I, it's not ideal because you don't have many units. But it's yeah. I don't yeah. think it's impossible. Um, <clears throat> marks for death. Pick an enemy unit that isn't here and kill it. I think that's fine. Like we. You just pick a big unit and kill it. I mean, it's fine. Um, mass panic, I think, is a bad one for anyone. I mean, you do have a bit of anti-bravery stuff, but yeah, it's battle shock. Um, so two or more enemy units fail a battle shock. It's not easy to do that. Um, overwhelm, kill an enemy here of a melee attack from battle line unit. Actually, not too bad because your battle line unit is pretty good in combat. That's um, the reach. Yeah. yeah. So... I mean, it's just an enemy hero, so I think you th- there's going to be opportunities for you to achieve that one. Particularly if you're playing Stomper, that would be a really good one. Uh, pillage, pick a terrain feature in enemy's territory, get a friendly unit wound characteristic or five more within three of it at the end of the round. Pretty easy. You all oh, yeah, got five yeah. more wounds. So, um, prey on the weak, kill your opponent's battle line units. Depends what they're playing with, really, but you could definitely Pretty kill one stuff. in general. Yeah, if they want to deny you that, doesn't matter what army you've got, they can stand something in the back corner. Yeah, it'd be quite difficult for them to do that to you if you've got like lots of man crushers as well. So, um, prize possession: pick a friendly hero of an artifact, keep them alive. Thank you very much. That's very good. I like that one <laughs> um, because, especially if you're running that crack and eat that taker list that I, I put up, that face taker as we would call it. Um, you know, take some face, but that that list <laughs> itself is. You know, minus one to hit guy with his two bodyguards is probably quite hard to kill. Um, yeah. Seize ground, pick a terrain feature not in your territory, get one or more friendly units with, uh, by three by the end of the fourth. Yeah, it's fine again. It's a, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, you've got big bases. It's quite easy to get near it. Um, and uh, territorial, when reveal, pick an objective, control it for two consecutive. I think that's fairly easy as well. Um and then Vengeful Counter destroy an enemy unit in the same turn of friendly units destroyed. Again, I don't think that's too difficult. Um, so I think 
the auxiliaries, they're not knowing they're like that's auto done. But I don't think being sons of Bayamat with the with the army the way it yeah. is makes those any harder or easier than no. anyone else. Which I think no, is the they're point. just hard in general. I think aren't yeah, they? they're certain right. Yeah, yeah. Certain certain armies are going to struggle against certain armies trying to get certain secondaries. Like you know, same as every other army in the game. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone's going to have their challenges, right? Um, so yeah. I I've got to believe that that's just how it is. You know, you're. Um... Yeah, it's going to be. I think it's a, again, like as we said, it's like the sense of bayonet with the the auxiliaries. They're not as any harder or easier than if you were playing a Luminef army or a mixed order army or Cities of Sigma army. Some of these you're always going to struggle with, and that's one of the key things with the auxiliaries is just because obviously they're tiebreakers in the good matchups that you get at a tournament. You'll try and make sure that you get maybe get the, the harder tiebreakers. Yeah. yeah, get rid of the, the rubbish ones, and then in the hard matchups you then sort of like make sure that you get the easy ones because they they make a difference. If whether you score them as points in a tournament pack that isn't the GW one, or whether they're just you know tiebreakers. Um, it's going to be it, that again is something that that doesn't that's not the army that's you as a general deciding how you use that resource and play that that's part of you your skill as a general as opposed to a downfall with the army yeah i think um so i wanted to do i think we've covered pretty much everything apart from the the strengths weaknesses and overview of in terms of the lists out there that are going to cause you problems but i think that Again, I'd just say that this is based on my experience, my opinion. I think don't don't think the sky is falling. Um, the Sons of Bearmat are a good competitive army. I would put them probably in the same bracket as War Clans, um, uh, more tribes, uh, maybe a little bit below OBR, but similar actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you're talking about combat, I think um, obviously OBR a bit more flexible. Uh, I definitely think there are lists out there that will cause you headaches, uh, but I've played a lot of combat armies and there are a lot of lists out there that cause any combat army headaches, and that's the same things. Shooting that you can't get to, that does lots of damage. Yeah, chaff, but you've got nice yeah. ways to deal without the impact hits and with shooting, which is more than I can say having played uh, um, <laughs> well, Oryx that, recently. Well, that's why I think they're actually a good combat army, because they can kill screens and they can snipe characters in that a little such bit. A big difference. Whereas a lot of armies I play can't, and you've got to just push through. And I think the other thing they've got going for them, which is unique to this army, and no other army has it, is that it's the capture power in a short foot, in a small footprint. And I think that is so pivotal. And some of the missions where you, you can kick the objective into their territory and score more points is just funny. Right, I mean that's just yeah. Whatever army can do that, none. Um, yeah. Being unique is definitely a thing. I think, and um, you, people are going to have to learn how to position their units a lot. I think you're going to find some yeah. strange shapes on the table. If you're taking all your dudes and you're just putting them like canoes and running them up the table at people, you're doing it wrong. Like I drew the the diagram for how to yeah. mitigate. So this is your that's your minus to hit bubble, um, and that's a bodyguard. That's a bodyguard. That's your main dude. But also, if you're not in some games taking a taking two guys and running them as wings up here, you're not going to be able to restrict your opponent. You could be cutting off a lot of what they it's can like a do. Butterfly. Yeah, it does look like a butterfly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's so many different yeah. ways and shapes to run an army. Yeah. 
that it's going to be really difficult. You can leave two inch bubbles between your guys, and the only way people are getting through is with charges and pilots. Like, yeah, you can cover so much space just by doing stuff like that. And you guys are fast enough yeah. to be able to get through. Like, it's impossible to get stuff through there. And while your opponent's running through you, if you do happen to be on an objective, you're going to be scoring more than that. It's impossible for someone to be scoring more than you in a lot of different shapes, spaces, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and the, the, the thing like Age of Sigmar 101, isn't it? It's like you charge, you combo charge a unit. The one giant destroys that unit. The next giant piles into the closest model that you actually want to kill behind it with a yeah. three inch pilot and a, a three inch reach and then just bonks that on the head. It's yeah. like, it's AOS 101 that like the amount of times that people don't see that coming where you go, I'm going to charge the screen. Does the mortal wounds happen outside of the combat phase as well, Russ? You mean the charges? Yeah. And the charges, yeah. Yeah, and the charges. And the charge phase. You combo charge the screen, you spike the wounds on that, and then you both pile in and do the thing behind it. It's just, it means that people are going to, people are just going to line up and let you charge their screens. Then you're just going to wipe the screen and then get the stuff you actually want behind it. Unless they might have a better charge as a result of that, especially, and you might be able to pile in a bit like around. Came down to like play, right? So they might just be six inches back. But then if you've, out drop them you could get a double turn which is what i did to, to james but you i think yeah. i think the point is is that you do have tools you do have options and there are lots of these pesky defensive units like i know you're talking about we talked about your alarifliss with the ignore ren 2 yeah you know, rerollable saves going first the impact hit more wounds don't care like the reach and yeah. kill doesn't care like you just kill model or four up it's got two wounds so I think that you caused me loads of damage, uh, loads of problems with it. Yeah. Like, you know, when I played at the weekend with that LRF list, you know, I could pop the A for Quartz, get myself a three at re-rollable, ignore N2. Yeah. But if you're combo charging with the Mortal Wounds, then you're going <coughs> to... Uh, innately, because of the way that those models are on 32mm bases with a one-inch reach, you need to stagger them so that you've got... Yeah, so yeah. you're maximising your attacks, which then means that all it takes is you to get a couple of, like, pe- good reaches off, and then you split the unit. Because you've got, um, you can't pile in much as well when you use these abilities. So you get a one inch pile in. Only one inch, yeah. Yeah, So, I mean, I think, I think that like even if you put two models next to each other, so you say like in if I'm playing Mega Gargans, put like a unit of little ones next to a big one. It's quite hard to get within range of the big one to hit it without being within three of the little ones. So you you immediately drop half your attacks that you could get in unless you draw them into combat. And if you draw the little ones into combat because they've got a three inch reach, they can actually hit you um particularly if you deploy them sideways like as a stack next to the big one yeah because they can pile in this way and this guy can fill the gap in the middle by twisting and he could probably still hit something with his three inches so again you do mitigate some of the damage but the point is it's still very strong and i think um the the army is easy to write off and look at it and say it's four scrolls there's no battalions it, it, it attacks any damage to blah 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 all that sky is falling i'm upset they don't have allies play some games uh see how you feel you might not like it you might not like how they play i, I love it i've played four games now i've bought the army i'm happy um, i don't get any commission or anything for saying this i'm just saying it because you know i'm a, a yeah. hobbyist i love the models i'm gonna do mine as a chaos giant corrupt army and i'm gonna take some night desecrators and put some armor panels and stuff like that on them Got some greater demon kits that I'm going to use for the weapons or the little ones, convert them up. Yeah. Got the beast grave scenery to go on the bases. So, it's a bit of a hobby project. Um, 
but I would take it to an event and and yeah, I just accept the fact that until we talk about the the list that cause you problems, things that outdrop you, things that shoot you, things that have many small units that are mobile that that can do damage at range is a problem. So like something like um like a Caradron, uh gun hauler heavy, lots of models flying yeah. high, running yeah. around is gonna be an absolute nightmare. You're probably gonna lose that mission. Um that's fine. MSU Most... eels, kind of like, you know, I, that yeah, sort I'm not, of stuff I'm not 100% sure the eels is a problem because they've got to fight you. And I know they can do mortal wounds and they can spike you. I think you get to counter charge. They've got low bravery. It'd be interesting to play that. I think, I, I personally, yeah. I've never played Deepkin and gone, oh, that's, a, that's just a horrible game. I think the only time that I really struggle with an army is when it does all its damage at range and I can't do anything to it. Yeah. So um, I think two nines of eels would you'd, you'd be okay with. I think if you're running, if those eels are in threes, and then you're 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 sort of like your combo and up and stuff is quite um, it's different. I suppose then though you're not piling in outside of range, so it could be. I mean, it'd be interesting to play actually to see. I, yeah, I say, I say there's a game to play there. Yeah. I don't think it's. Yeah. I think if you're playing like can't retreat, change host, um, you know, shoot in magic, probably going to lose that. But most armies will lose that. I think some yeah. of the Seraphon lists will cause you fits, um, you know. But again, I think they're in a weird place that they're a little, probably a little bit too good at the moment. Um, that might change in the future. Who knows? And then you've got things like, um, say, so OBR didn't have a problem with them. Didn't 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 feel like I was out of my depth. I think they're tough, tough matchup, but still competitive against it. Big War still felt like I could compete against it. Could have lost that feck. Yeah, still good. Um, I think, you know, even like stuff like Sonesh, just stuff that goes first, I think Lumineff would be difficult, yeah. Sentinel heavy. Uh, but again, I still think there's a game there. So, yeah, it's... Here's a question that is like, and uh, maybe it's what the, the listeners or, or like, the, you know, the watchers will be able to do. I mean, obviously we play Warmer to, like some of us on this call to a higher standard than others. Like we play Warmer to a high standard. Now, yeah. do you think that your ability as a war gamer is... Is makes the the Suns list easier for you to play, or do you think do you think like an average war gamer could pick them up and still do it, or do you think that there's going to be a learning curve of getting into it? Like you know, they're not going to be pick up auto win because no, of no, the, 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 the way they are. But like obviously, you're a good war gamer. Like you know, you're an ex master. You know, England ETC winner. Your average Joe at the club may not see all of this stuff straight away and be able to apply that in the gaming sense which is why maybe picking it up or, or proxying it and seeing how they feel would make a difference i mean what, what's your thoughts on that i think like their opponent as well sorry to just jump in but like if it's confusing for you it's probably confusing for your opponent and you should know your list better than they know your list so i think there's that's going to be a factor i i think it's i think it's a a list that's simple but difficult to master I think you, as a newer player, it will be less to think about on your side. So that I think it will be less noise for you to get distracted or or miss things. I think it depends on the player. Like some people get on with big monsters and and uh, combat armies. If if it suits your play style, I think it will. And you won't know that until you play with it, really. Um, but I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I think you there'll be times when you might play a game and go, I can't see in the combination of scenario, the opponent's army, my army and my battle time. I can't see a, a solution to that problem to make sure that if I play it again, I'll win. Um, but I don't think it's going to be as prevalent as some people think. I think 
it definitely makes a difference being a better player, but that's the same with any army. Uh, I don't think the Sons of Bayamat compounds that issue any more than anything else. I just think there isn't an army that's like um, play the game by numbers like an old style Sylvaneth army where you had a plan, it doesn't matter what they're doing, you just deploy it in the same way and you learn all your sequencing and you write it on a bit of paper and you laminate it and you read it and follow the instructions and then you get to turn three and then you have to scramble and think and then you start getting out overwhelmed and out of your depth and you lose. Mate, you just, you, you just described my warrior for the last five years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I, I, but I don't think that makes you a good player. So I think Shouldn't. I think what no I mean it uh, as, as a newer player trying to get better yeah. that gives you a very prescriptive thing that sometimes you'll win games yeah. because that worked well, as soon as it doesn't yeah, work you have to think I think the Sons of Bear map requires you to have a good understanding of what's on the other side of the table the scenario and what you can do and play it well and I think that yeah. you yeah. will get there and I think it will take time but for me I enjoy that challenge of almost you're almost giving yourself a gameplay issue by taking a restricted army. And that's why I tend to like armies that are either technical or they're very linear in terms of they only do shooting. They don't do shooting, they do combat in a little bit of magic or they do buffs and combat, but they don't do every phase because yeah. it makes the game challenging for me in different ways. And I enjoy that. And I enjoy that challenge. What I don't enjoy is when I look at the the, the problem and... No, no tool in my toolbox can fix it, and or I've just got to accept that that's an hour of my life I'm not getting back. <laughs> now, that doesn't happen very often, and that might be me being short sighted. So I still got to look at it and think about it and, and try and take my learning points away. The one thing I would I do really like about this army is your games are going to be quick, and actually your yeah. analysis paralysis of lots to think about and lots to do isn't there. So actually, it allows you to focus on the mission, the game in front of you, what your opponent army is doing. Um, and you do have key decisions to make, which is, do I move left or right? Do I put a point here or there? Do I go after that or not? And there will be a key dice roll, like you fail a charge. It's a big deal when it's a quarter of your army not charging. Yeah. Um, yeah. But these are just issues with, with the nature of the army. Uh, but yeah. at the same time, I think it's very forgiving because there'll be people that charge it, don't do enough, and you just kill them. Um, mm. So it, it works both ways. But I think as a new, newer player, I'd say that don't be put off. If you like the models, you like the idea of it, and it, it, it sounds cool, uh, and you you prox proxy it first before you drop 500 quid on something, You know, at least play a little bit yeah. of theory with it. Roll some dice, roll some combats, play your mate, make sure they're not playing Cradron or Zinch, um, and you know, play that and see how it goes. I mean, um, like I say, I'd be interested in the Eel matchup. Um, I'd be interested to see in that uh, Lumineth matchup. So, yeah, we can have a game at some point. Like we've got oodles of time, haven't we, at the moment? Well, so I've yeah. got, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I've got like a couple of lists that I want to, like I've been play, thinking about with Lumineth, but um, that I think could be uh, a little bit interesting. I won't take the Techless Mortal Wound bomb one that is a bit, that's very, because it's like, what's the yeah? What's the point? It's like we just want to see how it works, and then we can Take play those want. super. Kinds. It's fine. I got. Yeah. I want to. I want to find out what it does. So it doesn't matter. Like yeah, you may as well. Yeah, it's. I we mean, learn by how many bottle wounds can you do to, to my army before it runs into you and kills you? Oh, yeah. Watch this space. I guess we can report back. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> and, we'll, and we'll have like, a, a like an ale guzzer 
uh, Redux, Redux. It's only going to take like yeah. 20 minutes to play the game and then I can re-rack in about <laughs> yeah, five exactly. seconds because I've got four things. Yeah. I can always hold them like two in each hand. It's yeah. fine, right? <laughs> so, um, but, you know, army fits on top of my battle tome. It's all good. Um, so no, I think Win. I would just say that if you're out there and you've watched our videos and you've seen other things and you, you've been a bit disheartened um, and you think it's the worst army in Age of Sigmar and you're all annoyed because you're excited, just relax. The book's not out yet. Like, you know, we're, we're in a position where we luckily got a copy early and a, and a gargant early. And obviously um, that doesn't pay for our opinion. We still give our honest opinion. No. It's just nice to... Obviously, we're recognised to be supported by GW um, with samples and things like, that, like many other channels are. Um, you know, if I didn't think they were competitive, I wouldn't be telling you because I don't want you to go out there and buy something and then be like, "Oh no, this is rubbish." I I was surprised how good they felt, and I would say if you if you play something like Beast Claw Raiders, Stonehorn Army, I think they're just as good, um, if not better, in some situations. Uh, I think if you're playing Iron Jaws, I think they're just as good. Um, you know, they're good as just as good as an OBR combat army. You know, take more tech crawlers aside or, or whatever, you know, um, or, or Catacross and things like that. But I think if you take like a more well rounded OBR army, I think they're just as good. And I think, you know, you there's lots of books out there that struggle in certain situations. I don't think they're any different. Um, and from my point of view, my opinion is the battle tome is written very well because the every option is viable and every tribe is viable and there's lots of lists that i've come up with and i haven't gone oh yeah that's the list and everything else is superfluous uh whereas in other books i can hone down on one or two lists very easily um even if they've got 20 30 war scrolls in them so uh i would say it's very well designed and i'd say give it a go let us know what you think put it in the comments if you disagree with us that's fine you're entitled to your own opinion um but don't let other people telling you the sky is falling with no games, no practice, no context to tell you they're bad. They haven't played with them. They haven't done it yet. You know, you're only going to know if it's good for you if you play with it. So my suggestion is to find a friend that plays Warhammer. TTS is fine. If that's how you play. Proxy it, play it, see how you feel. If you enjoy it, go out and buy them. They're awesome models. It's an awesome army. Don't don't be disheartened. It's your hobby. Just enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And share us your painted models. We'd love to see them. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for watching. Uh, hopefully this was a useful video for you guys out there that are excited about Sons of Bayamat. And uh, uh, thanks for checking it out. And uh, we'll see you soon. Cheers, guys. Bye. Cheers. Thanks, guys. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore we hope you enjoyed the show if you'd like to give us some feedback we'd love to hear from you thanks for listening